This episode is brought to you by Progressive Insurance. Whether you love true crime or comedy, celebrity interviews or news, you call the shots on what's in your podcast queue. And guess what? Now you can call them on your auto insurance too with the Name Your Price tool from Progressive. It works just the way it sounds. You tell Progressive how much you want to pay for car insurance, and they'll show you coverage options that fit your budget. Get your quote today at Progressive.com to join the over 28 million drivers who trust Progressive. Progressive Casualty Insurance Company and Affiliates. Price and coverage match limited by state law. You could spend the weekend doing the same old whatever, or you could conquer the weekend in the all-new Hyundai Santa Fe. Visit HyundaiUSA.com for more details. Hyundai. There's joy in every journey. Is your child struggling with a specific subject or need help with homework? Are they asking questions that you're not sure you can fully answer? IXL Learning is an online learning program for kids. It covers math, language arts, science, and social studies. IXL is designed. This program will improve your kids' grades. Studies done in almost every state in the country. The kids who had IXL are consistently doing better. Powered by advanced algorithms, IXL gives the right help to each kid no matter the age or personality. And it doesn't have to eat up all your time. One subscription gets you everything for all the kids in your home, pre-K to 12th grade. So don't miss out. One in four students in the U.S. are learning with IXL. IXL is used in 95 of the top 100 school districts in the U.S. Make an impact on your child's learning. Get IXL now. And listeners can get an exclusive 20% off IXL membership when they sign up today at IXL.com audio. Visit IXL.com audio to get the most effective learning program out there at the best price. It's time. It's time. It's time. It's time for the hard-hitting analysis you won't find anywhere else. Here's former Super Bowl winning scout Brian Broaddus and Bobby Belt. 10-5 victory! This is Love of the Star. Welcome to the Love of the Star podcast. I am Bobby Belt, Dallas Cowboys insider for 105.3 The Fan in Dallas, your radio flagship home of the Dallas Cowboys. Joined, as always, by former Super Bowl winning NFL scout Brian Broaddus. You can now hear him on the G-Bag Nation, 2 to 7 p.m. Central, Monday through Friday on 105.3 The Fan as well. You can also hear him on the Dallas Cowboys pre- and post-game show as the co-host on the Dallas Cowboys Radio Network. Brian, how are you doing today, man? Doing excellent, Robert. Uh, getting ready for this uh, Thursday night game. Uh, as you mentioned, long day for us in the radio world when you have shows and then pregame shows and then game and then postgame shows, but would rather have it no other way. Uh, this time of year is very, very exciting with uh, with everything that's kind of going on with uh, trying to determine playoff pictures and seedings and you know, trying to find a way to get another win. My biggest question for you heading into this game, um, have you reconsidered me being able to sit next to you for the entire game? No, not oh, at all. Damn it. No. We're going to wear you down one of these days. That's what I want for Christmas next year. You know, they say there's a reason in the press box that it's like a working environment, and it's not the Bobby stand up and, like, pontificate why that uh-huh. play worked or why the play didn't work, and why the quarterback threw the ball well there, brought us, and, hey, make sure you talk about him this way next time. So, no, you're not sitting or, you know, you can continue to go in and out of the press <laughs> box like you do because you don't sit down. I've never I've never I worked sit. with somebody. No, you don't. I sit with Jane. I'm on the other end. Don't, don't lie, Bobby. Don't lie. <laughs> I do. I do. I'm going to wear you down one of these days, and you're going to you're going to allow me to sit next to you for the whole game. These these folks that follow our podcast, (laughs) they're very loyal. They are. They're very. They're wonderful human beings, and they really need to know that you are a pain in the ass in the press box. (laughs) That's that's fair, but I still think I should be able to sit next to you. But no, no, you get you get bored because what happens. Jane has had enough of your BS. Yes, yeah. So you have to. So then you wander into the TV area, grab a little bite to eat, then kind of figure out, oh, who else could I bother? Yes. Dak, Dak scrambles to his right, throws a fifty-one yard pass to Noah Brown. Oh, hey, Brian, as you're standing literally on my right shoulder, not seated, perfect time, seated, 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 seated. <laughs> It's at Louisiana education. And so you're, you're, you're just, you're standing there and you're like, huh, 
Huh. You see that throw? Yeah. See that throw? Yeah. Everybody wants everybody wants to give this quarterback crap. And then, and then, yeah. and then when he throws an interception, I'm on the other side. I'm not. And around. yeah, and then, and then he takes a sack, and then you kind of go back to the little candy area <laughs> and kind of look, pick through the candy, folks. Bobby Belt as an insider. I'm just going to give you a little insight real quick, and then we'll go to your go to the content. <laughs> right. Bobby as an insider. I don't know how much of the game he really sees. Oh, I see all of it, baby. All of it. All of it. Uh, th- now, now I will. Now I will be fair. I'm gonna. I'm gonna pull back the curtain on this aspect of it. Um, the la- I very rarely am completely caught up live with the last six minutes. Because, oh no, that's that's because, a problem. For yeah, us yeah, too. and and see, like yeah. you guys get to go down to the bar area for post game, so you at least have a TV. Like a lot of times that's, where we're yeah. standing, I don't have like a TV or whatever. Or like you go out and you kind of like have a bad angle at the tunnel or whatever else. So the last six minutes, you will often see I've had people go, why are you so quiet here when that bad play is made? Well, oftentimes because I can't even see really what's going on. I'm going to have to go back and watch it in post game. (laughs) You're absolutely right. Uh, We from Zach Wolchuk and I from the press box have to leave at the six minute mark to get downstairs. So you got to catch the media elevator, which could be a little hit and Mm -hmm. miss. So they've done a better job of like, if you get out there with six minutes to go, they're going to get you down to the field. And then now you, and now it's the walk where you walk in between plays. So you stop at a, they have these uh, monitors. You watch the play, walk, watch the play, walk. Yep. And then, then you get into the Miller Light Club and that's where you're able to see the, the last six minutes of the game. So, uh, for this particular game, which you will not have to suffer with me in the press box, uh, yeah. it, it is in it is in Nashville. In fact, you're you're probably done for the year with, with having to suffer with me in the press box because I, it looks unlikely that they're going to get home field advantage. But who who knows? We we can still hold out some hope. But for this game specifically, you've got the Titans coming up, and there's a lot of questions, Brian, about how much the Titans are going to even be playing some of their guys um, because yeah. this is a game that really has no bearing whatsoever on their playoff seating, their playoff chances. It's all about next week. So why not work in some rest here? Uh, but but to your what, what stands out to you, I guess, without knowing exactly who's going to be available and who isn't, what stands out to you about the Titans heading into this game? That Derrick Henry is for real. Mm-hmm. I, I mean, you there are times where we've seen him at playoff games take it over. Uh, we've seen times in regular season games where he's taken it over. Um, this is a physical downhill runner. And we had a uh, we had Tank Lawrence. We do our uh Demarcus Lawrence show every week. And yesterday, uh on Tuesday, we had a chance to ask Tank. Uh, the question of about tackling a guy like that, and he's like, "Listen, you just gotta, just gotta give it your best shot. You know, don't if you, if you hit him up high, you're probably gonna bounce off or get a stiff arm." And so you'll see a lot of guys. And and watching the tape uh, this week of the uh, of the Titans, I mean, uh, Jalen Petrie, who we both love coming out of Baylor, yeah, who the Houston Texans safety who will tackle anybody. It doesn't matter. Right? You know, Henry, Jim Brown, Walter Payton, whoever you want to play with, he'll tackle. Christian Okoye. Christian Okoye, yeah. I mean, he'll tackle Barry Sanders. He'll tackle all those guys. And, man, there were times where you could see the first two times it's hit and hit and hit. And about the fourth time, he was like, okay, I'm just going to throw my body at him and hope that he just runs over me, you know. But that's that's their game. That's what the Titans are now because – they really don't have the ability to throw the football with uh, with Willis. They just don't, and um, that's that's going to be a problem for them. And and that's why if you talk to people around the league, and you know I have a friendship with Doug Peterson and some others around in, in Jacksonville as well. They're um, what they're thinking it maybe that Josh Dobbs is going to be the quarterback oh, that yeah. they see that they see in that Week 18 game. So I don't know if you'll see Dobbs get some action in this game to try and get ready, or yet you will see Willis just go on and, and be that guy for for this game, and they're going to keep Dobbs under wrap until then. I, I if the, 
there's people in Jacksonville that, uh, again, talking to them about how they think they might play this one against Cowboys. They think they're going as a preseason game. They, they think that they're going to rest guys that are hurt, uh, Bud Dupree, guys like that, that they've got that are banged up. Right. And, tr- and try and get them in that 10-day window, try and get their team as healthy as possible in order – uh, to uh, to to get in that week eighteen matchup, which is really for their for their season, uh, the winner of that game wins the division, goes on. The loser uh, has the sixteenth draft pick or whatever it's going to be. Which games did you watch of the Titans? Watched the last one that they played against the Texans. Mm-hmm. I watched them play. Oh, uh, geez, who else? Who was, was it all? Was watch? it all the recent stuff? Because I'm just curious. Yeah, I, it was, I, I, I was I'm, trying. To, I was trying. I'm curious yeah, if you to, if you had a chance to to see them at all earlier in the season and maybe identify like what the hell has gone wrong with this football team. Well, they. I I wanted to watch the Green Bay game, which is the last victory they had. I mean, that was a really that was the they beat Green Bay the week after Dallas lost to them. Mm-hmm. You know, so. Green Bay beats Dallas, and then I want to say, I mean, it was the next week. Hell, it might have even been a Thursday night game. I, I can't understand why the Titans are playing a couple of Thursday. It, maybe it wasn't the third. Maybe it was a. It was thir- it was Thursday against the Packers, and then Sunday against the the Bengals. Ten days later. Yeah, so I mean, I, it's weird that the Titans have got two Thursday night games, right? Yeah, Is that kind of strange. Not the norm. But anyway, yeah, but anyway, um, so. Yeah, it, it, I was trying to think of the the games. It was just like I said, it was going through my mind because I was like two or three games. I was trying, I was taking pieces of each game because I was trying to figure out. I was trying to figure out what they were doing if I could see Willis play. Yeah, you know, and 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 it was like kind of hit and miss uh, with uh, with him being uh, in that lineup. So, uh, but yeah, the one I really I wanted to watch the last one for sure, and that was the Texans game. And just to kind of see, you know, how they match up there. Now there is a lot of, uh, you, you know, there there are guys who are banged up. We we mentioned that maybe this is a week that they they give a Bud Dupree the week off. Um, Jeffrey Simmons has uh, missed a couple practices here. Maybe maybe he he misses this game. Um, you know, Derek Henry is somebody who who returned to practice on uh, Wednesday or, or on Tuesday. Um, but he was listed as a limited participant. He wasn't really committal about if he was going to be able to play. Let's assume it's Willis and Henry. When they head into this game against the Cowboys, uh, Willis is obviously a, a mobile quarterback, but what do you see in terms of their offensive game plan? Is it is it read option stuff? Is it more whenever Willis is in there, it's stuff designed for him? Or, or how do they uh, use the running game with Henry and Willis? It's it's more of like they'll get under center and hand the ball off or toss the ball is what they do or shotgun handoff. It's not anything now. This could be something that you know. Do you want to show a little bit of a different wrinkle uh, to Jacksonville? Do you want to play a little bit more with the read option stuff? Willis is a fifty percent passer in the games he's played. Yeah, he's not. He's not. He hasn't been accurate. This is surprising to me because. When you watched him play at Liberty, there were times where he threw the ball very, very well. Yeah, and was very accurate. You watched the Ole Miss game and how deep shots down the field, and you know, I mean, he 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 basically carried that team in that Ole Miss game, and it was going back and forth because of because of him. So I'm surprised he's been as inaccurate as he has. Uh, the thing that if if this turns into if if he ends up, I think he's going to play. Of course, I think he's going to play. I could see more running, more running with him, more, you know, more sweeps, more power runs, more trying to, you know, trying to kind of uh, find his way that way. You know, the Cowboys. You know, let's be honest. Against the Eagles, you know, they've they've given up some passing yards. They gave up some passing yards in the you know in the Houston game. Yep. You know, they've they've given up they've given up some passing yards here lately. You know, they're trying to fix the pass rush hasn't been there. And the secondary's kind of been a little bit, you know, off because of they're trying to play different combinations. So if I'm the Texans, excuse me, the Titans, I I try and run the ball with Willis a little bit 
and some design runs, maybe make some easy throws for him. You know, maybe try and find a way uh, to get the tight ends going, get Burks, get Woods. You know, people have got the ball out quick. I, again, and that's something I asked Tank yesterday. I go, Tank, I'm watching all 22, and you guys are running twist stunts. And before you guys even get to the twist point, ball's out. And he started laughing because that's really kind of been the case. I I think that's how teams are going to play Dallas from going on. And we saw it against Philadelphia. We saw it against Houston. We saw it against Indianapolis. Teams are not going to let Dallas front dictate the game. Now, another thing Dallas has had to deal with, too, is they haven't got the holding calls. Like early in the year, they got some calls where teams were put in long-yarded situations and they've been able to tee off. Yeah, We've seen some games here lately where both sides have not been penalized all that much. And so now it turns into, okay, if they're going to let them hold, they're letting them hold for both sides. And, you know, the guys like Mark, uh, Micah and Tank and those guys are, are getting held off the edge and they're not getting the call and then thus they're not getting teams backed up where it's second and 18 or second and 20 or whatever like that. Now, the Cowboys, uh, from an offensive perspective for them, they head into this game. I think there's a decent chance there's no Tony Pollard this week. And look, if this was not a, uh, if it wasn't a short week, if it was a playoff game, if those sorts of things, I think he, he in all likelihood goes. But I, I think just given a number of factors and then with the playoffs coming up, I think there's a good chance that Pollard sits this one out. Um, so you're already going to be hampered in the run game there. Tennessee's got a very, very good run defense, and their pass defense has actually been awful. It's one of the worst in the NFL. Uh, you know, you're coming off a game against Philly where when you had when you were heading into that game, uh, Philadelphia had allowed no more than 239 yards net passing all year to any team. Tennessee, on the other hand, has allowed more than 239 yards passing, net yards passing in all but five of their games this year. And you look at since the bye, week nine against the Chiefs, 422 yards. Week 13 against the Eagles, 386. Week 14 against the Jaguars, 368. Is this a game where Dallas can continue some of that momentum in the passing game from Philly last week, you think, and say, this is the way to attack the Titans. Let's try and beat them through the air. Titans aren't going to let you run the ball. That's for sure. And they're front now, depending on who all who all plays in this game. You know, Demarcus Walker, I think, is a really, really good player. Yeah. Tart, Tart, good player there at nose tackle. We talked about Simmons. Jeffrey Simmons, I love Jeffrey Simmons coming out of Mississippi State. Yeah. I really Cowboys really did, did too. Cowboys liked he, him too. He, he he was a guy that he, you know, he lost his uh his lost his first year in the league because of some injuries that he had to deal with. Autry at uh, you know, is like an outside linebacker rush guy. They play run defense really, really well. And, you know, and so if the Cowboys are going to want to move the football, uh, I think it's going to have to be through the air. And I don't have a problem with that. But I will say this, though, Bobby. If all these guys for the Titans play and it's a challenge to run the ball, I'm going to try and run the ball. And I'm going to tell you why. I think you're going to have to establish that you can do it still. Yeah. You know, I think that there's going to be some games where it's throwing the football is going to be tough and running the football will be tough as well. And I kind of feel like that there's a couple of opportunities here to try that. Now we'll see what happens if Philadelphia loses to New Orleans this weekend. Now Dallas has got to still play. Dallas has tried. Dallas has to go try and beat the commanders. Right. The Commanders completely shut down your running game. If the last time that Pollard had a bad game rushing, it was against the Commanders. So, to me, there's a little bit of that mind game going on. Can we run the ball against a good front? The next two weeks will be that test for you going into the playoffs. Because I feel like you have to have that ability to, yeah, we figured some things out here. You know, with Tyron Smith playing right tackle, him and the combination with with Zach Martin over there, how the tight ends work with uh, Tyron Smith over there. You know, can get going again? 
You know, Smith played really well last week, but can he keep it going? If I'm the Cowboys, I don't just completely abandon the run. I try to run the ball if this front is as good as I think it is and establish a little bit of that thought that, okay, we were able to kind of pull it together against a good group and, and get it done today. Now, Brian, as we uh, wrap up this segment, you got a pick for me on this one. I'm going to go Dallas 34-21. I, I think that you've started to see some cracks in Tennessee's defense. Um, they, they've struggled against the pass all year, but they're starting to give up more points after being pretty stingy as a scoring defense. I, I'm, I'm only going 21 because I, I don't know that the Cowboys still have the run defense figured out, and, and there may be a chance that Derrick Henry can uh, gash you a little bit. Uh, but what are your thoughts here on the score for this one? Yeah, I, I went Dallas 27-13 in this game. I, I don't think you're going to see Henry play, uh, you know, and, and I don't think they can throw the ball well enough to score a lot of points. Uh, you know, they might get very fortunate, a couple of field goals, maybe a touchdown, something like that. But uh, I got Dallas 27 and uh, the Titans 13. You are listening to the Love of the Star podcast. The Love of the Star is an Odyssey podcast. You can find it on the Odyssey app or wherever you get your podcasts. When you need mealtime inspiration, it's worth shopping Kroger, where you'll find over 30,000 mouth-watering choices that excite your inner foodie. And no matter what tasty choice you make, you'll enjoy our everyday low prices, plus extra ways to save, like digital coupons worth over $600 each week. You can also save up to $1 off per gallon at the pump with fuel points. More savings and more inspiring flavors make shopping Kroger worth it every time. Kroger, fresh for everyone. Fuel restrictions apply. Another day is here, and you're ready for it. What to wear? Check. Breakfast, lunch, and dinner? Check. Planning for what's next and how to save for it? That's where Bank of America can help. For your financial to-dos, Bank of America has experts ready to help get you closer to your goals. Get started at one of our local financial centers or 24-7 in our mobile banking app. Find a location near you at bankofamerica.com slash talk to us. What would you like the power to do? Mobile banking requires downloading the app and is only available for select devices. Message and data rates may apply. Bank of America and a member FDSE. All right, before we go any further, I need to tell you guys about our wonderful partner here at Love of the Star. It is Boomer Jacks. I keep telling you about Boomer Jacks. Brian keeps telling you about Boomer Jacks. You guys keep telling us about Boomer Jacks. I go on my social media and I look and I see and you guys are, are routinely tagging us in these photos of you hanging out, drinking an ice cold beer, having some of the tableside s'mores, getting the pepperoni flatbread, whatever. You guys are out at Boomer Jacks just as much as we are and we love to see it. And let me tell you, if you haven't gone to Boomer Jacks yet, I know the days that you're going to want to go if you're a wings lover. Tuesdays and Wednesdays. Tuesdays are half-price bone-in wings. Wednesdays are half-price boneless wings. But they have deals for you the rest of the week as well. As I mentioned, they have ice-cold beer, $15 buckets of beer, drink specials starting at $3, and there are wall-to-wall TVs. And when I say wall-to-wall TVs, you think I mean there are a lot of TVs. No, I mean there are literally TVs covering just about every inch of the wall. It's that extreme. Uh, but in a good way. So uh, head on over to Boomer Jacks for whatever you're looking for. If you need somewhere to watch the game, somewhere to have dinner with the family, happy hour with coworkers, whatever it is, Boomer Jacks is the spot. There's 17 DFW locations. You can find yours by going to boomerjacks.com. That's boomerjacks.com. All right, Brian, uh, outside of this game, there's already a lot of looking forward, I think, um, to the... Uh, the the playoffs because I think a lot of people have already written off the division as look that's unlikely um, the 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 and and it's not impossible you, as as we know um, but I, I think the likeliest scenario everybody agrees would probably be that you'll you'll get Tampa Bay it's not a slam dunk but but that's kind of the outlook I think so you've already got fans uh, we got a lot of questions today about Tampa Bay in the mailbag you you've got fans looking ahead asking about hey, how do you fix this and that over these next two weeks? Maybe use these as, as preseason games of sorts. But I think there's a question here about a couple of positions and stabilizing what the rotation is and, and what it is that they want to do uh, heading into the playoffs. And so, Brian, uh, let's take a look at the couple of rotations that I think they still have to establish. Um, let's start with right tackle. Now, I, I don't believe there's much of a rotation there anymore. I think that's Tyron Smith's job. Um, Jason Peters played it uh, about a third of the time against Jacksonville. Um, but ultimately, the, this past week, it was all Tyron Smith, despite Jerry Jones and I think Mike McCarthy even saying, hey, there, there's probably going to be some additional rotation still. Is that a, a position that you think is settled at this point? And we didn't get a chance to talk before you saw the film. So now that you've seen the film, how do you think Tyron played in that second week at right tackle? I think he was just really okay. Uh, I don't think it was uh, 
I know there was some time in uh, pass protection where he was off balance. His footwork was a little off for him. Hand placement was a little poor. I, I think I, I think Hassan Reddick, he he might be the best defensive player they have for the Eagles. I, I know, and they got a lot of really good ones. But when you watch Hassan Reddick play, he gave Tyron Smith some fits. And so I think with Tyron, it's no more rotation. It's now it's about every rep that he can get at right tackle, keep giving it to him. You know, if you want to put Jason Peters like they did on the goal line, heavy formation next to Tyron Smith, blast everything down inside and run the ball off the edge for a touchdown like they did, I'm all for that. If you want to do that in some short yardage stuff, I'm all for that. Every rep that Tyron Smith gets at right tackle is a good rep for him. So no more re- no more rotation over there at right tackle at all. If Tyron Smith were to go down, we know his injury history, things like that, but if he were to go down um... – you know, Jason Peters looked okay on the final drive against Houston, struggled against Jacksonville. Would you prefer Peters just stay on the left side and go out there with Josh Ball if you need to, or would that be Peters for you if if right tackle came open again? I would rather lose and die on that hill with a Hall of Fame offensive lineman there. You've already shown the willingness to move uh, a Hall of Fame left tackle to right tackle. Uh I would be willing to to do the same thing again. I'm not gonna I'm not gonna let my playoff aspirations die with Josh Ball. Now, if there's a way to incorporate him to give Peters a rest, the problem is Peters is a 40 year old man, right? Playing a playing a violent game, and for one series he was really really good. In the Jacksonville game, you mentioned it. There were some struggles there. So to me, I am going the route of. I'm going to route him in a die on that hill with Jason Peters at right tackle, if that's the case. Uh, next question here, not so much a rotation, but maybe a level of involvement. Um, and that's with T.Y. Hilton, who had a, a, a couple of big plays, impactful plays um, against uh, against Philly this past week. He drew the, uh, the savvy penalty on uh, Darius Slay. And uh, then he he beat Slay and, and beat the safety over the top uh, on that go route for the big third and 30 conversion. Uh, given the limited amount that you saw of him, uh, do you think it, it looks as though, hey, I, I think you can get more out of him? Or do you think his role here is pretty much just a spot player, somebody to come in, be a fourth receiver, and stretch the field occasionally? No, you could get something out of him. This cat's ready to play. This guy's ready to go out and make plays. I mean, hit the, the route running, the quickness, the experience. Get him on the field as much as you can. You know, it bunch formations. It doesn't have to be third down. You know, first, second down. You know, find ways that find ways to get him on the field. He's a smart guy. He's going to know what you're doing. He's going to make big plays. We saw it the other day. He's on the field twice and he makes two of the biggest plays: a fourth and seven, and a third and thirty. Come on, yeah. and this guy, this guy was born to play in the NFL. He has for a long time at a very high level. It's very much similar to what you have with probably with Odell Beckham. Those guys are born to play in big moments and big games. And you know, T.Y. Hilton probably not had the the overall success that maybe an Odell Beckham has. But man, I'll tell you what, there's some times where he has lit some defenses up. And if you're going to catch lightning in a bottle, like my my scouting buddies like to say. This might be the great opportunity to do it with him. I get him as involved as much. If that means taking Noah Brown off the field or whoever you have to take off the field to, to get him involved, by all means, give it a go. Now, he played 12 snaps on offense. Uh, I know you went back and, and watched the tape. On, on the reps where he wasn't targeted, did you notice if he was out there as a, a decoy at times or, or were there times where he was, was – did he look like he was running the full route tree or were they basically sending him out there to, to go downfield? I think they were – I think that, to me, I didn't – you know, I don't know what their full route tree is for play calls and stuff. And so it's kind of – you're saying, well, you know, you kind of assume that he's doing what he's, he's supposed to do with his job. But I, I think there were some opportunities to target him a little bit more. But man, you got guys like you know with CD the way he was playing and stuff like that. You know, it's it's hard not to get him or Schultz those guys. You know, there's just that little bit of trust. But 
you talk about trust, throwing a ball to a guy on third and 30, and then throwing the ball and a guy on fourth and seven, and he comes up big. I think that the plays that he's going to get, the opportunities he's going to get, if it's 12 plays, 15 plays, you know, we could very well see four to five targets in those opportunities or more with the way he plays. Uh, you know, just watching him run routes, the quickness, it, it's, it's all still there in front of him. That is not a slow or sluggish, sluggish player that's kind of just hanging on and hoping to make a play. That guy legitimately can go make plays for you. Now, who does that come at the expense of? Does that come at the expense? Do you I think? I don't care. Of, but but I don't but care. Do, would you would you like? Are there certain four times where you're okay with like if it's two receiver set? Are you okay with Lamb and Hilton out there? Are you are you, are sure. you okay with Hilton sure. pulling Gallup off the field? Because obviously sure. you wouldn't want him to take CD off the field unless we're talking no. about you know potentially max protect thirteen personnel well, type of looks where he's just out hey, there to run the flyer out. They took CD off the field on the third and third uh, the third and thirty. Yep. He wasn't he wasn't on the field. They they put Turpin on the field to try. I mean, they're trying to they were trying to complete the play. I mean, that's kind of like Dak Prescott, the uh, you know, I hey, I'm I'm never gonna die on a play here. I'm just gonna keep doing it. So I I kind of feel like though, to me, I I get it. They need to get Michael Gallup going some way, somehow. But you're also talking about a guy that we saw, like say the other day, and who has a history of making huge plays. It, it means one or two, three less reps for Gallup, but they turn into one or two catches. By all means, do what you have to do. You know, I, I was looking up something interesting this week in regards to Michael Gallup. Um, he has 412 targets in his career now. He got in the NFL in 2018. Um, since 2018, Brian, there are 55 players, some of them backs and tight ends too, um, but 55 players with at least 350 targets. Out of those 55, during that five-year stretch, Michael Gallup's 55.3% catch percentage for his career is the worst of them all. Is yeah. that a... The, the fact that Michael Gallup hasn't had a, a 60% uh, catch percentage year yet, is that about connection with Prescott? Is that about they generally are running him on deeper routes that are going to be... Uh, you know, lower percentage completion type of throws, uh, or, or is there just something amiss in Michael Gallup's game that that's making him a little inefficient? I think the thing, I think with Michael Gallup, that I don't think he's the cleanest receiver when it comes to catching the football. I think there is some. Time, and I'm not talking about a ball thrown in the sun and stuff like that. I I don't know if it's always just very natural for him catching the football. And so when you watch him on misses, when you watch the you know the drops, or why does it always look like he's caught between catching the ball with his hands and trying to use his body? Right. There's always there's always that there's that. Some of these receivers, you see, they look so natural just catching the ball, just out in front, boom, 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 catch the ball. With Gallup, it's like it's contort, it's move, it's body position, it's whatever you have to do. And I, I don't know, I don't know if if he makes some brilliant catches. Those balls that go up that are vertical balls for him to go get, yeah, him to come down with feet and bounds and all that stuff, that touchdown he had the other day. I think the touchdown the other day, by the way, Dak was throwing the ball to Pollard in the back corner of the end zone. Really? And I think Gallup just happened to be there. Because wow. if that ball gets through, Bradbury is going to intercept it in the corner of the end zone. But Gallup saved you. Gallup catches the ball, tap, tap, you know, gets gets feet down to touchdown. That's the kind of stuff that Michael Gallup can do. It's maddening to watch him. You're like, I don't see. I've never seen a guy that has that ability to contort and move and catch and and then look so caught in between his technique on a normally thrown pass. You know, like like a jet, low adjust, just at the chest. You know, it's. I think there's. I think there's some. There's some fight in him. I think there's some confidence fight or lack of at times. And I and that that knee injury. They could talk about that stuff. But 
for them not to throw that 50-50 ball to him down the sidelines, you know, in that Jacksonville game, that probably has to do with him having to go up, him maybe coming down and something to do with that knee. But he just, at times, he just doesn't look really confident and natural catching the ball. But then there's other times where he makes some of the most brilliant catches you'll ever see. It's a it's a strange thing with him as a wide receiver. Last position here, the rotation that we really got to figure out uh, is this idea at corner. Um, and obviously, they, they told us there would be a competition there. They indicated that Kelvin Joseph would be involved in that. Against Philadelphia, he was not involved at all. He had zero snaps uh, on, on the day. And so he he wasn't on defense at all. He had special teams work, but but not much more than that. Uh, Mackenzie Alexander played 14 snaps uh, in the game. Uh, Nashawn Wright played 38. So he got the bulk of the work. Um, in fact, Mackenzie Alexander was in coverage, I think, for uh, of his 14. Only seven of them were in pass coverage. Uh, Nashawn Wright was in 30 coverage snaps. Um, so how did you think Nashawn Wright and Mackenzie Alexander both played? And, and do you think we're going to continue to see rotation and competition? Or do you think, given this past weekend, it's going to be, all right, we're rolling with Wright and Bland and Diggs moving forward? Yeah, I think that's. I think they've kind of figured this thing out. Uh, Mackenzie Alexander, uh, we've talked about it a bunch on this podcast. My guys around the league that study tape, watch him, and then watch him play, he's a slot player. That's his job. That's he's a he's a nice little slot player. But what you figured out by playing right on the outside and bland on the inside, you've got better size. You got your, your team will tackle better. Also, not only I think they cover better, I think they tackle better. Uh, I think that Sean Wright's a really smart kid. I, I think he's got. I think he's got some really, really good understanding of what he needs to do to be successful. And for him to get the opportunity to do it, I think it's a great thing. But I, 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 I guarantee you, going forward, they're going to play Bland on the outside as a starter, and then when they go to nickel, they'll kick Bland inside and bring Wright on the field. That 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 is the best. That is the best combination for the Dallas Cowboys in the secondary right now. Uh, before we move on to the mailbag, I'm just curious here because you mentioned what they're asking of Bland now to be outside, kick inside, do all these different things. How different would this season be if they didn't have Deron Bland? Oh, man, seriously? Five, five interceptions, right? Yeah, yeah. It's, I mean, this kid he plays with such an understanding of where he needs to fit. I think very early in the, when he got opportunities to play in preseason, he just played. And I think he was, and you saw him in practice, he just played. And then he got an opportunity to play during the regular season. And I'm like, this doesn't look like the same guy. Cause he looked timid, a little like kind of like withdrawn and then all of a sudden, you know, the first interception and things start to click for him a little bit. And then the commander's game. Yeah. And then all of a sudden you're like, oh, okay, I see. And now that 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 positive energy and momentum that he had, technique and all that came back to him after that. He's like, man, maybe I can play in this league. And he has. He, he's been a – you got to give the Cowboys a lot of credit. They – I know you know this. They were on him very early, mm-hmm. very, very early about uh, about his ability. And I guarantee you there are a lot of scouts around the country for these NFL teams. You know, their pro guys are going, what did we think of Deron Bland coming out? Where did we have him? And obviously you didn't have him high enough. And so, yeah, what a, what a really – see, sometimes when you make picks – and Deron Bland, if he, if Deron Bland was the second pick, if he was Kelvin Joseph pick, we'd all be going, what a great job. Yep. What a great job by these guys. What a tremendous job by these guys. And now you're in a situation where you're in a situation where uh, you're like, you're looking at, you know, with, with Bland being a fifth round guy, you're going, man, what a great pick. But if, if Joseph was the fifth, and Bland was the second. You'd probably think a lot differently about your about your group. Absolutely, I, I think that that changes the perspective. It, it's funny how those uh, those those labels, your your draft label, change perspective on the level of play that you have. You are listening to the Love of the Star podcast. The Love of the Stars is an Odyssey podcast. You can find it on the Odyssey app or wherever you get your podcasts. 
What up, y'all? It's your boy Danny Green, three-time NBA champ. You either rooted for me or rooted against me. Join myself and my co-host Harrison Sanford on the Inside the Green Room podcast. It's a podcast that brings you never-before-told tales from the locker room to candid interviews with basketball legends to breakdowns of what's happening in the NBA right now. Whether you're a diehard fan or casual about your hoops, this podcast brings you the game like never before. Follow Inside the Green Room on the Odyssey app or wherever you get your podcasts. All right, before we go any further, I need to tell you guys about our wonderful partner here at Love of the Star. It is Boomer Jacks. I keep telling you about Boomer Jacks. Brian keeps telling you about Boomer Jacks. You guys keep telling us about Boomer Jacks. I go on my social media, and I look, and I see, and you guys are are routinely tagging us in these photos of you hanging out, drinking an ice-cold beer, having some of the table-side s'mores, getting the pepperoni flatbread, whatever. You guys are out at Boomer Jacks just as much as we are, and we love to see it. And let me tell you, if you haven't gone to Boomer Jacks yet, I know the days that you're going to want to go if you're a wings lover. Tuesdays and Wednesdays. Tuesdays are half-price bone-in wings. Wednesdays are half-price boneless wings. But they have deals for you the rest of the week as well. As I mentioned, they have ice-cold beer, $15 buckets of beer, drink specials starting at $3, and there are wall-to-wall TVs. And when I say wall-to-wall TVs, you think I mean there are a lot of TVs. No, I mean there are literally TVs covering just about every inch of the wall. It's that extreme, uh, but in a good way. So uh, head on over to Boomer Jacks for whatever you're looking for. If you need somewhere to watch the game, somewhere to have dinner with the family, happy hour with coworkers, whatever it is, Boomer Jacks is the spot. There's 17 DFW locations. You can find yours by going to boomerjacks.com. That's boomerjacks.com. All right, Brian, it is now time for the Dean Julia Love of the Star mailbag. Uh, and what do you think? Should I have a Dean Julia question in here? Why don't you lead one off? Go ahead. And lead All right, it off. let's lead it off with a, a Dean Julia question. Uh, how important will Dak's legs be in a long playoff run? His, his legs yeah. were incredibly important against Philadelphia, picking up 41 yards rushing. But how much of that aspect of his game needs to be present for them to have success in the postseason? Huge, huge. Running quarterback is a devastating part that a defense now has to deal with in the league. You look at the Eagles. Eagles average three yards a carry without. Jalen Hurts in the lineup. When Jalen Hurts is in the lineup, that's 50, 60, 80, 100 yards right there. The fact that Dak was able, you know, Dallas running the football, you would say, man, what an awful day. Not really an awful day. They kept running it. They kept trying. But Dak's 41 yards makes that look even, looks makes it look better. So, yes, very important going forward. Next question here from Troy Saul. He says, what is the difference in the run defense before the Cowboys traded for Jonathan Hankins and after his injury to when he was actually playing? Better toughness on the edge. You're getting much – now, you know, the, the thing about it is, and I've said this, the great thing about having guys like Bland, Wright, you know, stepping in there, they – you know, Jay Lou was, I'd say, a decent tackler. Yeah. Anthony Brown, Anthony Brown, hmm. Maybe not so much. No. Jay Lou, now, Jay Lou now, will get in there though. Yeah. But the thing about it is you've got guys like Wright and you've got and you and you've got Bland and you've got Wilson and you've got uh Curse, you know, and you know, Hooker to a certain extent. You can mask having one bad tackler like a Diggs on in the secondary if you have guys that can tackle elsewhere. And that's that's why the run defense, I think the edge. It's gotten better. Now, the, the, I'll tell you what. A guy that plays four or five really good snaps for your game is Carlos Watkins. Yes. You know, but, but Carlos Watkins plays better than, than Bohanna right now. It's just you watch the tape. He's a, he's a better player. But Bohanna has moments, but not like Carlos Watkins has. They need to get Hankins back, though. They need that big body in there. And you know, until then – and also having Leighton Vanderish in there helps too. Yes. So I think Vanderish is the thing with Clark. I mean, I feel like that Barr is a good run player, much better than a pass defender. Teams have figured out how to get him in pass coverage. And I don't think that's necessarily a great thing. But with Barr, Clark needs to Clark needs to have a little bit better, a little bit better step up and take on and 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 make plays, in my opinion. Yeah, and I think, you know, you mentioned not just the way that Jonathan Hankins can eat up space and 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 occupy gaps and, and those sorts of things, but it's also uh, the way that he can occupy blockers from getting to the second level and, and keeping linebackers clean. So there's there's definitely a, a big boost to having Jonathan Hankins in the lineup and what he does for you. 
Uh, next question here from GC. With teams getting the ball out quicker, which we talked about earlier, is there an adjustment that can be made? It seems like the stunts are a bit longer to develop, which is what you're talking about earlier. Yeah. Yep. Nope. Straight, just straight rush. Don't don't twist. Just go straight rush. Tank, Fowler, whoever, Armstrong, straight rush. We don't, I mean, the twist games are really good to try and confuse when you got four, but they might have to bring some more pressure with blitzers. I, let Micah just go try and win the edge. Let Micah try and go inside. Don't run him on the twist. Because like I said, Tank, I brought it up just from watching tape. I go, Tank, you guys run twist stunts, the ball's out. Like I told you, he started laughing. He knows. Yeah. He knows what's going on. They all know what's going on. So I'm not running any more twist stunts. That I'm not. That, that's not going to be something I hang my hat on. The the straight rush, straight rush, straight rush, twist maybe. But you can run twists when you're in a situation where it's got them in long yardage and stuff like that, where that play has to develop a little bit more. But I, I, I'm I'm taking the twist game out. And another question about the pass rush from Anthony Flores. Would the pass rush be more successful if Micah moves to linebacker part-time and have Armstrong and D-Law play the edges? So I'm guessing more of the role we saw last year where a lot of what Micah did was blitzing from the linebacker spot as opposed to just lining up at the edge. I would I would take Micah Parsons. And my, my main thing, to the point of the question, I would think about rushing Micah Parsons more through the middle than I would the edge. It seems like to me, I mean, the, the tackles, they got really fortunate the other day, you know, that you know, they lost Lane Johnson. On that final drive, Fowler got home on the fourth down, which affected the way that Gardner Minshew threw the ball. So, you know, you got to find where these guys are that can't block. That that's gonna be pro that's gonna be priority number one. If there's a coach and Jerry Jones talks about it, they got 30 coaches. You know, one of the priorities is figure out which one of these offensive linemen can't block and which is having problems and attack that guy uh, with Micah Parsons. Uh, next question here from Jake. We know the issues at cornerback, but could we see a personnel switch at linebacker and safety to shore up the defense going into the postseason, i.e. moving Donovan Wilson outside linebacker, giving Mukwamu more time at safety? No, I don't think so. I Doesn't think do it. Played, how, did, how did Luke yeah, Gifford play? Luke was okay. I mean, he's just, you know, he's Luke is going to stand in there and he's going to be able to run to the ball and stuff. He's going to be a little bit of a liability when they run at him. You know, he was having to fight blocks, but all these linebackers are having to fight fight blocks. That's the problem. You know, they 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 just will not play Jabril Cox. They just won't do it. Why and is that? So, I have no idea. I really don't. Is it just I, is, my, is he is he guess, is he that bad in their is, opinion in the run defense? I think so. My, it, well, okay, I shouldn't say I think so. I I think there's a factor of they don't trust him with assignments. That's just that's not me asking anybody, right? Or, but you, I mean, that's just Brian Bross' opinion. Don't like tag coaches or yes. tag Cox. I'm just telling you, my opinion is that he's not playing because I don't think he knows what he's doing. And coaches this time of year will not put you on the field if you don't know what you're doing. That's which, just my opinion. Which, and I mean, in some instances, the Cowboys don't have a choice right now because I, you know, I did notice a couple times. I don't know if you did, Brian. Did you notice? Uh, there were two separate instances I remember, and I know Gifford didn't play a ton. Did you notice Gifford having to get Damone Clark into his spot a couple times? Threw him across the formation. Yeah, you? at one point, right before literally, the snap was like, go. Literally grabbed him, grabbed him by his jersey and slung him to his because lap. Because there would have been nobody there if he didn't yep. move Demone. So it, it's ha it's going to happen with young players. You just need Leighton Vanderess to get back. That's what that you need. Help. You, you need Vanderess to get back uh, as soon as possible. Uh, last question here from Three Moons, Brian. What is Brian's dream press box roster? Since I'm not part of it, who is your dream press box roster, Brian? Who who do you want sitting next to you, flanking you, and and being around you at, at the press box? I really enjoy when the NFL uh, uniform guy sits next to me <laughs> because you know why? He's never at the game. Ah, they, they, they have a seat for the NFL uniform guy and, you know, the, the uniform police guy, and he doesn't show up at the games. So I, me personally, I, I don't have a ideal because to me, I don't, I, I would love to have like, I would love to have like former coaches sitting next to me. That way, if something happened in the game, I could go, why would you do that? Or why? But see, that's the whole idea of the press box. You don't talk. You don't do anything but watch the game. You don't stand up and go get a plate of food 
and then eat behind me while I'm sitting there like watching the game. And then you don't like get up and say, oh, well, look, look what that guy did. Look what that guy did. And then you go down. I see what's going on, Bobby. You got two seats in the press box. You got one. You got one with Jane Slater, and then she hates you so much that she sends you down to our end. Yeah. And then we hate you so much, and then we send you to the food area where the multiple banks and TV are, and you can grab a meal, look at your phone, and like bother somebody else. There you go. And then and then the cooking people shoo me out of there, and then I have yeah. to go downstairs, and then that's that's what Bobby, happens. Bobby, just admit it. You don't like sitting down. I, no, well, there is that aspect of it. I definitely get fidgety, and I can't just sit down. But I will say that given your standard of you're supposed to not talk in the press box, I can tell you who your dream team is then on your left and your right. It's going Who's to that? be John Mashota from The Athletic yeah. and Todd Archer from ESPN. Those two will put two, their headphones in and look ahead. Two pros right there. They know <laughs> they know the drill. They're not like standing up like, oh, Jesus, they threw the ball to that guy. I'll tell you, there was there were guys in, in the press box down on that radio side that have to analyze every play. <laughs> and trust me, I was in the league 13 years. I don't know everything that's going on in the league. I can't tell you everything that's going on in the league. I try my best. But my man down there at the other end is analyzing every <laughs> play. Yeah, I, 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 I know. I know it. I know it, Brian. Well, one day, one day next year, guys, I can't wait to tell you guys about me spending an entire 2023 season next to Brian in the press box, uh, whether that's where my seat is assigned or not. I'm just going to go over there and uh, and, and You do anyway, books. Bob. You do anyway. You just stand up. You just because, again, Jane Slater has figured out Jane needs you, but yes. Jane only needs so much of you. Right. And and then when, when the times come, like when Jane is trying to like, watch the game and she looks over at you and you're like messing with your phone, yeah. talking to somebody about what's going on. You yeah. know, she's like, why don't you go down and bother Brian? And then you come down there and bother me. Exactly. I just make the rounds of bothering. That does it for us here on the love of the star. Uh, we will uh, not have another show for you before the Titans game. That's why we picked it today. Um, so hopefully we'll have something for you here later in the week after the Cowboys and Titans play. Uh, maybe have a better idea by then of what's going to happen with the Cowboys playoff matchup. Until then, we will talk to you guys later.